0: Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. I've had of your first time to Welcome to this weekend Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week. Brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mikhail Snyder.
1: And I'm your host, Keith Ree Cleveland.
0: It is the second to last Saturday of July. The summer heat is exhausting. St. Louis is about to have a mask mandate again because people can't be basically decent human beings. How are you, Keith?
1: I'm doing all right. A little happy I'm finally out of Missouri right now. But other than that, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I'm currently house, baby, and dog sitting all at once. But that's pretty cool. It's changed the scenery for me.
0: That's a, that's a lot of sitting to do in one weekend. We have we have an interesting show lined up, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump right into it. So for the past couple episodes, we've done a Mad Libs and news headline thing, but I wanted to switch things up a little. You know, keep things uh, spicy with that variety, and I wanted to do a riff on our usual uh, "What is this segment?" so. Even as more and more people opt away from standard cable packages and towards premium streaming services, the art of advertisement continues to be a prominent feature in our society. There's an entire industry dedicated to attracting potential customers to existing products, and even in a web 3.0 world, or perhaps especially in a world defined by social media where the main methodology of proliferation is retweets and shares— Companies invest a ridiculous amount of money into resources, into creating stunning advertisements. We've seen it with the Super Bowl, but now we get that like every weekend on Twitter. It's great. So, as I mentioned before, instead of doing the Mad Libs and News headlines, I'd like to, to present, they did what now? Will we take a moment and focus on one ridiculous thing that happened this week. So, this week, I would like to talk about Fry Force, which is an epic animated commercial for Taco Bell's Nacho Fries. It is directed by Luca Vitali and Kylie Metallic of PSYOP fame, and it's animated by Yapiko Studio. It is a 56 second clip, which imagines a world where nacho fries inexplicably draw kaiju to the surface, and the protagonists have to pilot mechas to defend their Mexican spices. Two of my favorite lines from the short include, I guess I'm just hungry, for hope, and Either we fight together, or we fry alone. And inexplicably, Stephen Blum has a line in the middle of this thing, I'm pretty sure just to mess with us. Keith, had you heard about Fry Force?
1: I never want to hear you give me crap about Quibi again, because the things you put me through on this show that are absurd just completely outweigh that.
0: What is this? This is a 56-second commercial for Taco Bell Nacho Fries, and is not an entire media platform that was created by a billionaire.
1: At this point, I feel like it's even. Just saying, this happens a lot. <laughs>
0: I mean, you're probably not wrong, but mine are at least fun and enjoyable to hear about.
1: You, uh, it wasn't fun to hear about the demise of Quibi?
0: I mean, it wasn't fun to have to think about Anna Ketrick's critically acclaimed uh, sex doll rom-com.
1: Okay, fair point, Touche. Now, um, when it comes to this Pride Force thing... Look, I don't want to watch a show about Taco Bell french fries <laughs> and, like, fighting to preserve—I don't even know what. I would love to watch that show if it were about something realistic, so please take that and turn it into something else, but leave out the Taco Bell french fry part.
0: Wait, wait, wait. So so in the giant monster, giant robot anime category, the, the nacho fries are what takes us out of the realm of realism for you?
1: 100%, yes. <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Well, that was that was this week's episode of They Did What Now, Will we take just a couple minutes to focus on one wild thing that happened during the news cycle this week. Keith, t- take it away to anything else.
1: In the same way that we know Victoria's going to talk about a new cooking show, or that Mikel's going to talk about the latest Destiny news, I think it's fair to assume that I'm always going to look for a relevant sports topic to talk about on this show. Because, as we've discussed, nerddom comes in all shapes and colors and sizes. This week, we got the announcement that the MLB Major League Baseball team, formerly known as the Cleveland Indians, will now be known as the Cleveland Guardians. Now, this name change is far from a complete surprise. First and foremost, the old name shouldn't have been around arguably at all, but especially this long in the first place, right? But, with a long overdue change in sports culture recently, we've seen many of the last major sports franchises that lean on these loose caricatures of Native American or Indigenous as people start to rebrand themselves. Prime example, the Washington football team, yes, that's not the temporarily official name, stepped back from using an actual racial slur as their name for decades after trying to convince all of us that it was okay somehow. And the Cleveland baseball team itself recently elected to stop putting their old logo, known as Chief Wahoo, which was literally a red-faced indigenous man with a smile from ear to ear into retirement. Now, I'm not sure if I like the name Guardians all that much, although it is connected to local Cleveland history, of course. But guess what? That doesn't really matter. Not only am I not a Cleveland baseball team fan, go Sox go. As history shows, most people who get upset about name changes or change in general are going to get over it relatively quickly because something else will change down the road and take their attention away. That's kind of how things go, right? Just think about all the other sports teams that have made the same name changes in the past that rebranded so well that most people don't even know that their names had questionable origins or just kind of forgot. Looking right at you, Golden State Warriors and St. John's University, which was formerly known as the Redmen until the 1990s, or even my own home state's University of Illinois that didn't drop their logo and mascot until 2007. This has been long overdue and it's frustrating that it had to happen in the first place, but at least like a step in the right direction. Now I know like there are a lot of people that get caught up in the moment right now as it happens and they're like panicking and stuff like that. But to be totally honest, like we legitimately call the Washington Football Team the Washington Football Team and don't bat an eye anymore after a year. Uh,
0: I find it funny that this is the second time in recent memory where an organization has decided to call itself the Guardians. Because this is also the term that the uh, United States Space Force decided on its uh, member division title. So, fun fact: it was it was funnier to me when Space Force did it because the Destiny, which is a game set in space and protecting Earth um, from enemies of humanity, was a sci-fi thing that are also called Guardians. So, a baseball team being called that le- le- less of a of a comedic thing, although uh you mentioned the cleveland history if you look at the guardians of traffic which are these giant statues in cleveland that the team is named after they look awesome and it's cool that they they loop that bit of history into it and like yeah i i thought i thought it was a good good replacement name for something that shouldn't have been a thing in the first place
1: Totally. And also, let's not forget the fact that they called in the big guns for this reveal. They brought Tom Hanks in to do a voiceover for the name reveal. And I feel like that's kind of like helping you out no matter what you do. I mean, he had, like, amazing lines there. Also, I didn't know. Is Tom Hanks from Cleveland? I literally had no idea. I just kind of thought he was a citizen of the world up until this point. But that was definitely a step in the right direction, a good way to, like, get this whole rollout out going. Because you can't really be too mad at most things if Tom Hanks is involved, either because, like, he wouldn't, to our knowledge, wouldn't be involved in something that makes it that upset. And, like, if it's on the bubble, it makes you think at least twice, like, huh, if Tom Hanks likes it, maybe there's something there.
0: What about Tom Hanks' son?
1: That's an unfortunate circumstance. And, like, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, there's nothing we can do about that. <laughs> well, actually, you know what? He has a good son, so it averages out.
0: <laughs> fair, fair enough. All right. Uh, more sports insight. This is your realm of expertise. I defer to your uh, expert commentary here
1: college athletes can get paid now and that is wonderful in a step in the right direction but for those that don't realize this is also still a bit of a half measure because what i'm saying is that it was approved that college athletes can now be paid off of their name image and likeness which simplest form means that like if they end up they can be in commercials and get paid for that stuff now whereas before that wasn't the case but that's also shown up in ways that we never could have imagined or realized how messed up the whole college system is like it didn't come out until recently that college athletes couldn't even raise money for charity somehow because that would mess up their amateur eligibility and everything, which makes no sense at all, right? But the reason why I say this is a half measure, while it is a step in the right direction, is because I don't, it's not that the athletes, That just need to be paid in general, which they do, is that they're bringing value to these universities and these leagues and these systems and not getting their fair share of that. So cool, they can get paid from what their side hustle is essentially, whether it be them doing commercials or getting endorsements, whether that be them going to like their local bar and like, performing and getting money off tips or they're actually like signing with agents and doing the big bill stuff like that that's great but like they need to actually start getting money from the universities that make money off of their actual talent and ability right this is the only kind of work system that we have where employees don't get paid for their labor legally speaking right so that's my one little tangent about that but yes yeah, more sports news if you ever want to talk about sports stuff just go ahead and tweet me and i got plenty of opinions
0: Meanwhile, you can ask me about the Carosino Crows and the latest arc in the next uh, anime season coming out eventually. Thank you. Uh,
1: That's where our crossover ends, (laughs) sports-wise. And with that, we'll take a quick break before we dive into even more niche nerd news. And we're back with, as I said, more niche nerd news. The tech world is abuzz this week as we saw a major acquisition that could bring the end to all of the redundant emails that fill your inbox as we know it. We also saw that what I consider to be the most ironic decision of an app that presumably crashed and burned recently that isn't named Quibi. Love the callbacks. Regarding the former, Salesforce, the cloud computing software company, bought Slack, the chat service that everybody and their mama uses, for a whopping $27.7 billion. There shouldn't be any immediate changes. To Slack's UI or leadership, at least reportedly, but who knows what's coming down the road. I'm at the very least hoping that this gets my current employer that much closer to abandoning Microsoft Teams, going with the far superior convenience of Slack, but we'll see what happens. In other news, Clubhouse, the live audio app that caught on during the pandemic, has gotten rid of arguably its greatest selling point of the invite-only exclusivity, and plans to open up for the public in the next coming days to weeks. Now, for personal reasons, I couldn't stand Clubhouse as an app. I feel like it leaned deeply into the ugly, dishonest, and cloud-chasing parts of networking, quote-unquote, when I lent when I personally tend to lean more on building and maintaining organic connections instead of pretending that I know someone because I talked to them in five minutes, which is what happened on that app a whole lot, right? I couldn't tell you how many invitations I ignored when it first broke through when all my former, well, all of my current music journalist friends, which I formerly was, got really into it and just sent invites really nearly all over the place, right? But again, that's probably just me. Now, just to make sure I don't sound like a complete and total hater with all this, I definitely get the benefit of having a digital space to connect and communicate with folks who you share things with and also have differences with. So you can, like, exchange thoughts and experiences and all that good stuff all for it, right? But the culture that came with Clubhouse got very annoying very quickly, which is why I think this may very well be an example of, quote-unquote, the first one through the door phenomenon where Clubhouse may pioneer the process, but someone else is going to reach its potential in even more fashion somewhere entirely. Like, we've already seen how I think Twitter either planned to or actually did roll out their own version of this, and they already have the back and forth, and they can do a lot more with it, right? Now, they might not be the ones who went with it either, but I feel like it won't be Clubhouse for sure because their whole major selling point was, hey, you're a celebrity. You want to look cool by, like, being on this exclusive thing that nobody else is on? Here you go. And that's completely gone now and open to the public.
0: How do you talk about Clubhouse for more than two minutes and not mention the moan rooms?
1: I, I, you know I really 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 debated it and I kept thinking like family friendly podcasts. we can't talk about the moan rooms but yes there were moan rooms and also part of me was thinking like maybe that was just clubhouse at it's worst but to be honest that may not have even been it that may have been like just clubhouse being clubhouse where like and for those who don't know because now we've talked about it long enough the moan rooms on Clubhouse were, and the way Clubhouse worked would be, you would have an account or whatever, and you would join a room that somebody started with a topic up top, and it would be you and 10, 15, 20, maybe even 50 or 100 people in the room and basically, like, speaking and taking your turns and everything. Like, there will be somebody on stage, and you would, like, be able to comment this and that sort of, right? There were some rooms that the theme would take on, like, a Twitter after dark kind of approach, for lack of better phrasing, where people were legitimately having, like, fake moaning competitions on the app and then like voting on who had the best moan so yeah that's what i'm talking about with like the toxic clout chasing clubhouse aspects that got very annoying why i avoided that app like
0: the plague so with with that uh elephant in the room addressed because uh, i could not could not let that stand uh clubhouse is essentially a open conference call uh for anyone who's on a platform and I hate conference calls in general, and I hate phone calls in general, and I mostly get mad at my phone when I actually receive a call, so I can't imagine opting into an entire social network dedicated around listening and talking to people over a phone. Uh, just just wild to me. Uh, it going public is the logical progression of any social network. Uh, I don't think Twitter is going to be the one that pioneers whatever iteration of this tech uh, appeal is. But that's largely because Twitter does not know what it wants to pioneer because it tries to steal from everyone. Uh, We had fleets for a little bit, and they got rid of those. And they're currently trying a dislike feature, but you can't see it but other people can or vice. It's weird, right? Because they're trying to make it into Reddit without making it into Reddit.
1: This is just incredibly ironic to me because the entire premise, again, was based on exclusivity. And I totally understand wanting to scale up because they even said in their own quote that they wanted to be public so they could be there for more people and all that, which, like, that's a great concept, but that's not what you leaned into. Like, you leaned deep into the influencer culture where, like, people were out here, like, on their other social media feeds, like, hey, I'll be in Clubhouse doing this and that. Like... It's
0: just a mess. I had forgotten about Clubhouse until the news broke that it had gone public. (laughs) Just like legitimately, it hadn't had made any waves, and then suddenly this week, it was just like, "Hey, we're still here." So, like, oh, oh, okay.
1: You know those really annoying, like, young urban professional networking events that they have where you don't know anybody, you show up and try and work the room, and then, like, you don't really remember anybody you met there at all because you didn't really have a meaningful connection? It felt like that, but without the fun of, like, drinks and, like, going there with maybe somebody you actually do know and being able to, like, other stuff, like... Yeah, like and of course they benefit from the pandemic, where like people need to socialize and communicate more often. than we were in our homes anyway, so like, hey, this is my way to get out there and meet people and like deal with some of these ex- these unappreciated extroverted tendencies that I have and stuff. But like, this is no longer the time for that. So I think just from a from a process standpoint, I think Clubhouse is onto a great idea. But it got caught up in the cultural whirlwind of leaning on influencers and cloud chasing and all of that, which will, in my opinion, inevitably be either if not his downfall, something they need to do a very serious
0: rebranding from. I have no interaction with Clubhouse. I was never one of the chosen few to receive an invite, unlike Keith here, who apparently received many and just disregarded them.
1: I mean, yeah, that's only because I used to work in music journalism, and, like, the first people that really took off with it, I think, were, like, rappers and, like, musicians. So, like, the, the journalist friends got there from there i was like three or four degrees separation away from it so i was probably like in month two or three of clubhouse being hot when like people started saying hey here's the invite like no warning at all to get a random sentence you're like oh here's my friend i haven't talked to in two years like oh wait what no (laughs) we'll continue to not talk for two years now
0: uh going back to to salesforce and slack i find this one fascinating because it sort of like is the Uh, companion story to something we covered a couple months back where Microsoft's acquisition of Discord failed, right? And I think it's very clear that like channel-based social media platforms like Slack, like Discord are having a renaissance specifically because of the pandemic and it just being very easy to interact with people in a sort of like controlled forum state uh discord and slack are a callback to when you go to like message boards and you have like these giant conversations that happen naturally and this like well-defined space and it's not like twitter where it's just everything all of the time it's sort of like oh you're into video games here is the video game section of our discord oh you are covering this project in our slack you go over here to this specific channel and you interact with that people and I don't think we will ever get rid of email because it's just it's ingrained in how we do things. And sometimes I don't want to have uh, the ability to respond instantly to people. Sometimes I want like the longer measured response in an email. But it is hard to disagree how useful Slack and Discord are as a companion to asynchronous communication. So... Watching Slack get uh, subsumed by Salesforce is interesting. I don't know the ramifications of that. I'm not as familiar with Salesforce's like larger portfolio, right? But if it's like anything, it's just like the fact they clearly see the value in the technology and that makes sense. But I'm mostly thinking about how Discord is the better version of Slack in like every fundamental way and the fact that they are still independent. And the fact that, like, Microsoft very clearly wants Discord because, like, as you mentioned, their channel-based uh, app, MS Teams, is not nearly as good as either Slack or Discord. So, I'm I'm wondering if Microsoft's like, okay, we now know the price points. We're ready to come back for you.
1: Yeah, I definitely do hope that, like, I don't you know I won't say I hope, but, like, I hate Microsoft Teams so much. Like, I've been using Slack for over five years now. I think I actually even brought it to Black Nerd Problems for one of our retreats, and we used it for a while before we switched to Discord ourselves and stuff. And now that I have my current job, I've been for over a year, they used to use Slack, and now they use Microsoft Teams. And I've been told that a few people are very irritated with that because I think Slack is the perfect middle ground between the – Informal communication and community aspect that you'll get from other like Discord, but also the like fluid communication that you'll get from something like in house communication, you'll get something like to Microsoft Teams. Because, matter of fact, yesterday literally my team was having a meeting with a team from another outside organization, and they were talking about how, like, yo, you don't got to send us an email for everything, it's like we can be more informal than that. You all have Slack, and we had to sit there like. No, we don't have Slack. We have Microsoft Teams. And it was just a very sad moment. if I'm like, ugh. And it's the only place I've worked at in the past four years that did not indeed use it because it worked so well. But I do think you raised a good point that now that we know that Slack got sold for $27.7 billion with a B dollars, that means that if Microsoft wants to actually get into the game of, like, communication and community and connection and all that, and if they want to choose Discord for that purpose, like, they know they got to come with at least $20 billion and not more. That's just how it's got to go. But I I will say this isn't going to be the end of email at all. I don't think that by any means I was being hyperbolic when I said that up top. But I do think that Slack can help fill the role of, like, this didn't have to be an email. Or, like, you know the whole, like, like, this meeting could have been an email? Slack and, like, this email could have been a Slack. That's basically what it is, in my opinion.
0: No, I just, I think, I think the dream with Salesforce and Discord is, is this world where we wouldn't need email at all. It's just, it's an unattainable world. I think, I think one of the downsides of Discord and Slack specifically as like things is that like, since you, they are mobile-based platforms in addition to being desktop-based platforms is the fact that you always have access to it and that's not always the best thing, right? Like it's, it's it's good to be able to turn off and that that is something that MS Teams has an advantage for because like MS Teams is very much a like you have to be connected to your works like network in order to really leverage all of the functionality or a slack and discord sort of like here's the entirety of everyone you've ever connected with on these networks at the palm of your hands like that's that's a lot thanks phone <laughs>
1: definitely like and that is like one thing working in their favor there but I think that and that can definitely take a hit on your work-life balance and take a toll there but that also comes down to like personal accountability being able to like unplug when you need to and all that too right like Black Nerd Problems has a wonderful discord which again this is a plug to please join us if you need the link sign up for our newsletter it goes out once a week you can join it that way and everything wonderful community but like you pick and choose when you want to be engaged and how often you want to be engaged and everything we have some people who are in. we even have shifts I think at this point in the discord of like early morning shifts nice shit and all that stuff and everything which is wonderful but like yeah that comes down to you but you want to make sure you maintain that work life balance and again if anyone that i work with is listening to this please tell me about to talk to you to get slack put back in place because i hate teams and it's just not fun but with that it's time to go ahead and pivot and finish off today's episode with our lightning round for those of you who do or don't know we finish off every episode with a lightning round where we go through three to five news headlines that we couldn't devote an entire segment to so starting us off Michaela Cole, who many of you may know from Chewing Gum, has joined the cast of Black Panther Wakanda forever. The California Department of Fair Employment and Housing has filed a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard for discrimination, sexual harassment, and having a generally toxic frat boy culture, quote unquote. If, like myself, you've also missed seeing John Stewart on your television or tablet or laptop regularly, we have good news. The Problem with Jon Stewart will be premiering on Apple TV sometime in September. We'll get you a specific date later on if that comes out. Marvel's Blade Project has reportedly snagged the director and boss Tariq, and it's been announced that both Hawkeye and Miss Marvel will both appear on Disney Plus by the end of 2021. And lastly, Michael B. Jordan is reportedly bringing a limited series to HBO Max that will focus on Val Zod, the Black Superman of Earth 2. Let's see where that goes. If you'd like to hear our thoughts on these topics or anything else in nerd news, feel free to tweet us at Black nerd with the hashtag TWINN. That was this week in nerd news. Tune in next week for more pop culture news. Once again, I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland.
0: I'm your host, Nicole Snyder.
1: Feel free to like, comment, and subscribe everywhere you listen to your podcast. Thanks, folks, and hope you have a good week out there.